Hey, welcome to the AOL Podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message with Pastor Travis Bennett. Look at your neighbor and say, Happy Father's Day. That's right. Hey, while you're standing, I'm going to read this to you. This will be the text of what we're going out of today. I'm kind of going into a new vein over the next couple of weeks. It's coming up on the 4th of July, and I really feel like preaching on the Constitution of the United States of America. How many of y'all love America? I love America. But it says in Joshua 24, and if you know anything about the text, I love the book of Joshua. Joshua 23, he gets all the pastors, and he gets all the elders and leaders, and uh, he gets leadership together, and he gives him one final exaltation. And then he gets the whole country of Israel together, and he gives them one final exaltation before he dies. And he says this in Joshua 24, 14. There is so much anointing in this text. He says, now, now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Remove the gods which your father served on the other side of the Euphrates River in Egypt and serve the Lord. How many of y'all know that's still for us today? Amen. Remove the gods. It says in verse 15, if it is unacceptable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river... Or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm going to say that one more time because I hope you get it inside of your heart today, dads. But he says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now we go to verse 29. It says, it happened after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110 years old. They buried him in the territory of, an, of his inheritance in Timnath, Syrah, which is in the hill country of Ephraim on the north side of Mount Gash. Which, man, there's so much power in this particular part right here. But look at verse 31. After he made this declaration over his country, it says, Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua and had known all the works of the Lord which he had done of Israel. Dads, you know what God's calling us to do? He's calling us to declare over our household, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That not only my kids will serve the Lord, but my kids' kids will serve the Lord. It's got to start with somebody. It might as well start with you. God, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. It's a lamp unto our feet that's a light unto our path. Lord, that brings us encouragement. That is a stepping stone. And Lord, as we know that as we obey the command of the Lord, there will be a blessing that comes upon our life. And so, Lord, today, as I encourage and strengthen and stretch these households inside of AOL, God, I pray that you would do what only you can do. And Lord, that there would be an army that would rise up. Lord, I know that just looking through Scripture in Matthew 24 and the book, book of Luke of these signs that show us the end days. Lord, I believe in my heart that we're in the 11th hour. But I pray, Lord, that in the 11th hour, you still said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And so, Lord, I pray that the Spirit of God comes. Spirit of the living God, breathe in this house today. In Jesus' name, 
And everybody said, amen. One more time, look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you're in the house of the Lord today. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Amen, amen, amen. Well, who's happy to be in the house of the Lord today? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Well, it's Father's Day, and I believe this is kind of a Father's Day message. I don't normally, well, sometimes I do, but uh, I really felt like in my heart that I really want to charge the men. Because you know what I see today? I see today they may have facial hair, but they don't know how to act like a man. Can I just be real with y'all? How many of y'all know there's a biblical standard on how God's called us to be men, on how we're supposed to act and how we're supposed to conduct ourselves? And, you know, as you look at this text in Joshua, I was thinking about it this morning. I wrote a few things down. I was thinking about some great comments that are made throughout history. Of course, you, you guys that have been under the teaching of me, I love the Word of God. And I believe there's so much commentary through the Word of God and so many uh, sayings that you can't just, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. You know that it was divine inspired by the Holy Spirit. But I think about you Americans out there. You remember during the American Revolution, if you grew up and you, you know history, Patrick Henry uh, thundered in the days of the American Revolution. He said this, give me liberty or give me death. There was many of us during 2020, we said the same thing, give me liberty. Or give me death. Amen? I I, I think about during the Great Depression when Franklin Delano Roosevelt, I just read a book on killing Patton. And there was lots of stuff about uh, FDR inside of there. But in the dark days of the the Depression, he said this, We have nothing to fear but fear itself. How many of y'all know that's a great saying? Uh, I, I think about John F. Kennedy in his first inaugural address to the country. He said, Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I think about uh, when Neil Armstrong was the first man to put his uh, foot on the moon. You may not think that, or you may. I'm not here to be a conspiracy theorist or anything like that. But one thing that came out of all that was this. He said this, one small step for man, but one giant leap for mankind. But then I get to the text here in Joshua, and I see this. I see a sentence here that I believe resonates and should resonate on the inside of each and every one of us. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can we say it together? One, two, three. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, I was, I've been, I read books all the time, and I, I went, tried to go back and look find which book it was that I read this particular story in. But, and it wasn't even a Christian book that I read. It was a leadership book that I was reading some principles of leadership in. And there was this story that resonated on the inside of me. And I believe it's a message today for each and every one of us inside of the story. And this is how it goes. And I tried to get back the details, but I'm just going to give you uh, an, an out, or just an outground, a background of what this story holds. It's about this man who is a, a shepherd inside the country of Africa. And I forget which, which, um, you know, which country it is, or sorry, in the continent of Africa, which country it is inside of there. But this happened like in the 30s and 40s. And they've, in fact, I looked it up on the internet. I'm like, this story is too good to be true. This is such a preaching moment. I can't wait to share it with you guys. Maybe you've heard it before, but you guys act like it's your first time. Like, wow, that was an amazing story. But it's about this shepherd, and he's uh, raising these sheep, and he comes across this little cub 
this little lion cub, and he can tell that uh, he's been by himself for quite some time, but he takes his sheep just like he would any time. These sheep, they smell this lion, and they want to get away from it, but he sees it up under this tree. The next day, he brings his sheep by this lion cub, and it's still there. The third day, he comes back, and he sees this lion cub, and it's still there. Obviously, this lion cub is an orphan that his mother's given up on him, does not have a pride to hang around with, so he takes this lion up under uh, his wing. And every day he, he gives milk to that little lion cub and he uh, raises this lion cub in with the sheep. And so as the cub gets bigger and bigger and bigger and now he's growing a mane, it's a male lion, uh, uh, he doesn't realize it, but he's hanging around these sheep every single day and he takes on the attributes of a sheep. In fact, he's trying to make the noises of a sheep. He, he, he's, he's trying to eat like the sheep, but there's always something, and, and, but he sees himself. In fact, the shepherd points out that when there was meat, he would always gravitate towards the meat. But he was around, but what would happen was, is when a hyena would come into the camp, he would run and cower in fear. When other lions would come into the camp, he would run and cower in fear with these sheep because this is exactly what the sheep did. And so, um, as I'm looking at this text, I begin to see so many analogies, especially when it gets to this part of how the lion one day, so all this whole life, she's about a year and a half years old, the shepherd says, is at a year and a half, they go to this water hole, and as they come up to this water hole, he looks inside, he sees his face inside of the reflection of the water, and he sees that he's different from the other sheep. The shepherd uh, actually write, writes this out and, and documents this. That he looks and he looks to the right, looks to the left of these other sheep. And he sees himself as somebody different. In fact, he sees something that he's been running from. That's exactly who he is. And so as I was thinking about this particular text, I was thinking about the men. Maybe not of other countries, but the men of the United States of America. I was thinking about there's men that, just like I said, they have beards. They may have the appearance of men. They may look like men. There's some that don't look like men. Let's just be honest. But they don't have a roar on the inside of them. See, the story goes on to say this, that when now he has befriended these sheep, he still doesn't look at the sheep, but he knows who he is. And when a lion came into the camp, he realized who he really was, and he began to roar. And he began to chase off all the bad guys. You know, as I begin to think about this, we as the people of God, the Bible says in the book of James, as you look into the perfect law of liberty, how many of y'all know there was a lion on the inside of us and it's the lion of the tribe of Judah? I'm going to say that one more time. How many of y'all know there's a lion on the inside of us and it's the lion of the tribe of Judah? And so I just really felt in my heart today, especially on man's day and father's day, I hope you like that cute video of things that dads don't say. Is that not the truth? But let's just be, be real. There is dads that are having boys and daughters today, but they really don't know how to act like men. And we as the people of God that study the word of God, as we look into the perfect law of liberty, we ought to have a roar on the inside of us to protect Amen. our families. Amen. And if anyone sets the stage of leadership, it ought to be us. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, uh, this morning I was compelled to go here. But this is one final address in the first letter that Paul writes to the Corinthian church. He says this in 1 Corinthians 16 verse 13. He says, be on guard, stand firm in your faith in God respecting his precepts and, and keep your doctrine sound. He said this, 
mature men and be courageous. Be strong. Everything you do be done in love. Now, the first thing that he says is he says this. He says, be on guard. Now, I realize that he's talking to everybody, but the fact that he says this, act like men. How many of y'all know men, we ought to pay attention to what he's saying? I'm going to say that one more time. How many of y'all know the fact that he says this, that you have to act like men? That means men, we really need to be on the edge of our seat and lean into what he's trying to tell us. The first thing that he says is be on guard. He says be watchful. Men, uh, dads, those that are over the household of your family, can I tell you, you need to be watchful. You need to be on guard. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 5, 8, talking about lions, it says that there is an adversary, the enemy, that roams about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But can I tell you, there's something else that we need to be watchful about. It's the lion of the tribe of Judah that's coming back for the church. Come on, how many of y'all know we ought to live our lives that Jesus is coming back in five minutes? How many of y'all know we ought to live our lives of what we look up on the internet, of how we talk to our friends outside of the church house, of how we drive and conduct ourselves? How many of y'all know we ought to be watchful and be on guard that the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the last, the author, and the finisher of our faith is coming back for you and I. And we ought to set the example for our family. We should be watchful. The second thing that he says this, he says, stand firm in your faith. You know, when I think about standing firm, I always think about a tree. That's just the first image that pops inside of my mind. I think about uh, if you've ever been to Oklahoma City where the Oklahoma City bombing was. Those of you that are old enough to remember that. My Addison, we were there, and she had to remind me, Dad, do you remember when this, when this happened back in the 1900s? I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> Thank you for that, all right? Uh, but... If you've ever been there, there's a tree that they have in the courtyard. How many of you have ever been there before? There's a tree that they have out in the courtyard that, that, that outlasted the blast. I have a sycamore tree uh, at my house, a big one, great big sycamore tree. Like sometimes when I can't see, I get up in the top of it and see what I can see. Come on, you, how many of y'all Christians out there really know what I'm talking about? I feel like Zacchaeus. I really up at a notch, a spiritual level when I go up there, all right? Uh, I also have an oak tree that has these big acorns that are, I love those acorns so much. They are a blessing to me in the fall time. Hallelujah. <laughs> Catch has this, uh, he has this tree house and it's such a cool tree house, but he has a tin roof and in the fall, me and him were hanging out in there and one of them acorns fell on that, that tin roof. Hallelujah. We both accepted Jesus as our Lord and personal Savior. Oh, my Lord. It was so loud. I'm like, it's hailing, hailing in, inside of here. And, uh, and, so, and also in my backyard, I've got two oak trees that were probably planted in 1957. They're huge. I mean, they are big. And can I tell you, when the wind blows, they move back and forth. And... I, I'm sure when they were young, uh, when they were smaller, they, they blew back and forth. But when I think of an image of standing firm in the faith, I think about trees like are out there in front of Oklahoma City. That no matter what comes against this family, I'm going to stand firm in the faith. I think about my dad. That's an example for me. 1988 when we lost my sister. Man, I remember my dad. He, st he was so strong. I know he was hurting on the inside of him, but can I tell you, men, be a man. Quit being a crybaby. 
I'm not saying my dad didn't cry. I'm just saying he didn't say, T.T. poo-poo, what are we going to do now? I'm going to quit my job because I'm depressed and I have uh, PTSD. No, he didn't do that. He was a man. And I say that with so much pride about my dad. I remember him going in there to my mom. She'd just be cradled in the floor, just bawling her eyes out. And as a, as a boy sitting up on, the, uh, on that home we lived in on Monroe Street, as a boy sitting up at the top of the stairs, him just picking her up and saying, we got this. We're going to be okay. I was just a little boy, but I remember it. I remember it. You know why? Because my dad's a man, and he taught me to be a man. Come on, this is, this is not a politically correct message. But they can be woke at Target, but we won't be woke at Arena Life Church. Are you hearing me this morning? Be a man. I tell the boys, be a man. Wipe with your hand. <laughs> Just kidding. I took that a little too far. How many of y'all know we're supposed to be a man, though? Come on. Am I talking to some men in the room? Some men. That no matter what comes against the Bennett household... We're going to stand firm in the faith. We're going to stand firm in the faith. You may have a teenager that's away. You may have a crazy toddler. I'm telling you, we're going to, listen, as the man of God in this household, we are going to stand firm in the faith. The next thing that he says this, he, I love it that he says, act like a man. Is this not such a word for 2023 today? Act like a man. Can I tell you men? You have no other pronouns but he and him. Thou saith the Lord. And God said, and God said, let us make men in our image. God said, can we all know what God says is the final say? Not what CNN, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. It's what the Lord says that is the final say. We're not they, them. You know, when I think of they, them, I think of the story of Mark chapter 5 when Jesus goes to the other side and he ends up there and he says, what does he say to the man who is possessed with devils? He says, who are you? He said, I am legion for we are many. He was one person, but he referred to him as we. That's they, them. That's demonic. Come on, I love an unwoke message. <laughs> I figured I'd be getting some more amens inside of this room. Come on. How many of y'all know God's called us to be he, hims? Men have a penis. Women have a vagina. It's as simple as that. I, I didn't think that I would have to say that behind the pulpit. But come on. How many of y'all know the church should be the outspoken voice for the state? Amen. It's not the separation of church and state. It's to keep the state out of the church. But the church ought to be making the rules for the state because we have the word of God. Come on, we ought to act like men. Can I tell you, men don't like men. Men like women. Praise the Lord for women. Let's celebrate women. I celebrate one. But and if you're married, you should too. But men don't like men. I'm telling you, you go through the word of God, and from the beginning of time, men liking men, it did not end up well for them. 
In fact, the Bible says you won't inherit the kingdom of God. What are we to do on this earth? Inherit the principles and teachings of the word of God. We ought to inherit the promises of God. Inherit the kingdom of God. Men, come on, real men love women. Amen? Come on, I told you this was an unpolitically correct message this morning, but this is the truth. How many of y'all know we ought, to, we ought to speak the truth in love? Can I give you another one? Real men work. Real men work. And I've heard them all. Like, in fact, oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, shoot, I ripped my Bible. Second Thessalonians, it's all right, it's ripped everywhere. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, look at this. For even while we were with you, we used to give you this order. Everybody say order. order. Everybody say order. order. If anyone is not willing to work, then he, everybody say he, he. is not to eat. And I hate that I even have to give this message, and I've heard every single one of them. Can I just be honest with you? But I'm kind of fed up with it. Can I tell you, there's disabled people at McDonald's that are working right now. There's disabled people at United that are working right now. Can I tell you, an idle mind, me and Andy was talking about this on Friday. An idle mind for a a man can be a wicked mind real fast. Listen, God's created you to till the garden. Listen, you might tell me you've heard from God to not work. I'm going to tell you, you didn't read the word. Because real men work. Let me say that one more time. I'm talking to some men in the room. Real men, they work. Is this okay this morning? We work. Come on. And there is something that you can do. There is something that you can do. Can I tell you one more thing? Real men, they serve God. From the very beginning, in fact, that's what's going to be my message here in a minute. I can't get out of 1 Corinthians 16, though. I don't have no notes, so y'all watch out. (laughs) But it says, act like men and be courageous and be strong. You know, we're we're looking at this story in Joshua 24. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What is one of the, the commands that God gives to Joshua after his uncle Moses is left? He said, be strong and very courageous. You know what we, real men they do? They protect their families. Come on, real men, just like right now, there are things that are going on inside of the public school system right now. I believe real men go in there and say, you can, you can do this garbage at home, but you're not going to teach my son or my daughter these types of things inside of my, As for me and my house, what are we going to do? We're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm going to be strong, and I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to be strong, and I'm going to be courageous. As a man, I'm going to be strong. Ladies, is this okay that I share this with your men today? Come on, you need to be strong, and you need to be courageous. I see it lots of times. I, I, my friend Brian Gibson, who's a pastor here in town, he said this uh, this week on Facebook. He said, we're living in the days of Elijah. You know, when I was a kid, uh, we sang that, I say as a kid, but as a young man. We, These are the days of Elijah. I didn't understand it. But now as I read through First and Second Kings, I understand that these are really the days of Elijah. You know why? Because there is such a spirit of Jezebel and a spirit of Ahab. You know what Jezebel is? Is a controlling spirit. Ahab is a free spirit. Oh, you can control. Can I tell you, we live in a time today where men have more, or women have more cojones than their husband. 
There's nothing worse in a home than a controlling wife. It is unbiblical, and your marriage will fail down the road. Now, I realize there's somebody just like Deborah had to step up and say, all right, if anybody's going to lead this country, I will. I realize that somebody needs to be the leader of the home if your husband's weak. But I'm trying to have a charge to the men today. Don't be like a Ahab and get ran over. Come on, be like the spirit of Elijah. You know what the spirit of Elijah is? It's the Holy Spirit that we have today living on the inside of us. I, y'all, I, y'all be here over the next couple of weeks because the Lord really burst something in my heart when Pastor Brian Gibson said that. Because I went through the book of First and Second Kings, I want to prove to y'all that it really is... A spirit of, uh, of Jezebel and a spirit of Ahab at loose in the earth today. In the administration, in the, I mean, in all kinds of different things that are happening. But you know what? In the last days, I want a spirit of Elijah to rise up on the inside of me. Amen? Call those things that aren't as though they were. Be a light in darkness. And the last thing that he says, let everything you do be done in love. See, we can't do it with an iron fist, but we've got to do it with love, men. 1 Corinthians 13 says, love is what? Patient. Love is kind. It's not envious. It's not boastful. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm going to say it one more time. As for me and my house. I believe I could drop the mic right now. We could leave and say, all right, we already had church because that is such a command to you and I. But the first thing that he says, you won't get it. If you just say, my house, we will serve the Lord, the English is messed up for one, but number two, you're missing out on the first part. And if you ain't got the first part, you can't do the second part. It first has got to start with you. Everybody say, as for me. Come on, say, as for me. As for, I'm looking at it here. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, I must realize it begins with me. I as a dad, I as a man, I lead the way. Where I am will set the stage for the rest of the Bennets to come in and do the same thing. What I'm doing, what I do privately, what I watch when even all the other kids are put to bed... I can't expect my kids not to do the same thing of the things that I'm doing in my life. Oh, but my kids don't know. Well, you're mistaken. Can I tell you, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus declared that what you do in secret, the Father sees and reward you openly. So the things that you do in the dark, you, it may have not been brought out to the light, but it will be reflected in a spirit that comes inside of your home. Are you hearing me this morning? So if you want your sons and daughters to be Bible lovers, you've got to first love the Word of God. If you want your sons and daughters to be worshipers, you've got to first be a worshiper of the Lord. If you want your sons and daughters to be prayer, and how many of y'all know prayer changes things? How many of y'all know God answers prayer? And if you want your sons and daughters to be prayers, you've first got to be a person that prays too. Not only out in public when they see you do it, but times when they're still in bed inside of the mornings before you go to work, that you're praying for them, that, that God would supply all of your needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus, that my kids will be a light in darkness, that they have the mind of Christ, that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them, that they're more than conquerors. Greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world. Come on, if you want your kids to be prayers, you, Dad, first have got to be a prayer as well. Amen. As for me, everybody say me. me. Everybody say me. 
If you want your kids to live a life of purity, then live in purity even in your secret life. In your secret life. Come on, the Bible talks about iniquity that is passed down from generation to generation. How about you be the one that breaks the curse over your family? I'm so thankful for my father breaking curses, generational curses, and now it gets stronger with me, but by the time it gets to ants and and it gets to catch, it's going to be even stronger. How many of y'all, the Bible tells us up that we lay up treasures for our children's children. How about we lay up some spiritual things for our children's children as well? Come on, are you with me this morning? I think of David when he was just a teenager. The Bible tells us this in 1 Samuel chapter 17 that he killed the Goliath. You guys know the story? If not, I ain't got time to go there. But he kills the Goliath. Years went by. We see him there on his deathbed. And there is these mighty men that surround him. In fact, the Bible tells us this in 2 Samuel chapter 23. Or in 1 Samuel chapter 22, when the mighty men first came on, the Bible says this. These were the men that were delinquents and reprobates and messed up people. And they came, they came and they got around David. And the Bible says that he began to encourage them, show them how to fight. My point is, in 2 Samuel chapter 23, the Bible says that these mighty men, these delinquents, after being under the anointing of David, they were giant killers as well. Isn't that amazing? The point is, they never saw David kill Goliath. The point is, David, a part of his character, he always fought against evil. And it was transferred to the men who spent time with him. See, on the other hand, in the list of men who surrounded Saul, we find not one giant killer because Saul, he was afraid to do battle with Goliath. And he never killed a giant in his life. How many of y'all know there's a difference? I'm just saying, Dad, dads, grandfathers, your kids, your grandchildren will take on aspects not of what they see you do, but of who you are. Look at the story of Achan in Joshua chapter 7. After they take over Jericho, the Bible says you don't take any of this treasure, any of this gold. Achan takes some. And what's the Bible say? That Achan's household, his whole household was affected by his disobedience. Can I tell you, men, it still works for us today? Because whatever's at the top leaks down to the bottom. Whatever's at the top leaks down to the bottom. I heard this story. I'm thinking about as for me. I heard this testimony of this guy that of how he quit drinking. It says it was Thanksgiving Day. He tells the story. I forgot all the aspects of it, but this is what I remember. It was Thanksgiving Day. He had ran out of whiskey. And so he said down the street from us was a liquor store, and it was snowing, and it snowed quite a bit. In fact, it was over six inches at this particular time, Thanksgiving Day. They lived in Virginia or something like that, I think I remember. But he said he put on his coat, he put on his sweats, he put on some snow boots. And here he goes, walking three blocks away to the liquor store. And he's about to the liquor store. He sees the liquor store ahead of him. He looks behind him and he sees his nine-year-old boy. And he is walking in the same footsteps of his dad. He said, son, where are you going? He said, I'm just walking in your footsteps, dad. And he looked up and he saw the place where he was going. And he thought to himself, I don't want my boy going the same places where I'm going. It's time for me to change my life. Everybody say, as for me. Come on, it starts with us. As for me. Men, as for me. In my house, 
we will serve the Lord. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 12. You guys getting something out of the word yet this morning? Matthew chapter 12. I love this particular text in verse 46. It says, while he was still, stay, still talking to the crowds, it happened that his mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. They're talking about Jesus here. He said, someone said to him, look, your mother and your brother are standing outside asking to speak to you. But Jesus replied to the one who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? How many of y'all have ever been there before with family? It's like, who are these people? (laughs) Oh, y'all going to look at me judgmental like you ain't never done that before? Okay. Sit there in your self-righteous state. We were in... um, we were in Walmart the other day, and I was playing with the kids, and I started singing. <laughs> All these people are standing around. I, I did, I'm just a loud person. I'm like a bull in a china closet. I don't realize this, and Brandy starts saying this. Has anybody seen my husband? <laughs> Where is he at? This is exactly what's going on right here. It's like, uh, who is my mother and who is my brother? But look at verse 49. And stretching out his hand towards his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Verse 50, for whoever does the will of my father who is in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. I talked about, as for me, now I want to talk about my house. Because as I read the book of Joshua, I see that our Joshua, Jesus, here where he says, who are my sisters and brothers, he's asking, and then he says, they're the ones that do the will of God. How many of y'all know that's us? Or it should be us. Everybody say, that's me. You know what this particular text right here says this, we're his family, we're his house. Everybody say, my house. We're his house. And Jesus served his father perfectly. You know what this, as I read this and as I put this in the analogy of me and my house, this gives me great hope because I realize that even when I drop the ball, even when I mess up as a dad, even when I miss the mark, I'm in the house of the one who never fails. Even if I'm faithless, I love 2 Timothy 2.13. He says, even when I'm faithless, the Lord is always faithful. Aren't you thankful that the Lord is always faithful? I think of the story of Peter. How many of y'all know he denied Jesus three times? What's even worse about the story is we see this, that Jesus tells him, Peter, you will deny me before the rooster crows. You'll deny me three times. And what's bad about the story is, is he does it three times before the rooster crows. Isn't it terrible that Jesus tells him you're going to do it, and then he does it anyway? I mean, all know G- Peter is te- feeling terrible about his life. But I love, love, love in John 21. Three times he goes to Peter. He said, do you love me? And he says, of course I do, Lord. He said, then feed my sheep. Then he goes to him again. He says, do you love me a second time? How many times did Peter deny him? All right, his second time, he says, do you love me? He says, of course I love you, Lord. And he said, feed my lambs. The third time, how many times did Peter deny him? The third time he asked him again, he said, do you love me? He said, feed my sheep. Three times Peter had denied him. Now Jesus gave him the opportunity to say, I love you three times. He says, but look at this, and I'm talking about my house. I'm talking to dads right now. He said, feed my lambs. Jesus said, he is, it's as if he's to say, you're not disqualified. It's a new day. Your sin is forgiven. You know, as for my house, I was thinking about this. You might be in this room, room 
And you might think, you know what? I've already messed up. I've already lived all of this life. I just now started serving God later on in life. I just want to tell you it's not too late. And God is still saying this to you, dad or granddad. He's saying, feed my lambs. He's saying, feed my sheep. Can I tell you, God will see it through in your life if you let him. And if your kids are grown, you can still be involved with grandchildren or, the, or, or kids inside of this church, inside of this congregation. Amen. How about that? Amen? They're lambs for you to feed. Joshua chapter 1, there's, everybody say, ask for me. Everybody say, my house. Now, the next one that I, that I was uh, in, in this particular text, I let's, it says, we will serve the Lord. How many of y'all know we need men today who will not turn to their wives and say, what do you think, honey? Should we serve the Lord? But can I tell you, we live in a society today that does this. We need men like Joshua who will declare directly, powerfully, and boldly that they will indeed serve the Lord. Amen? And what I love about this, you read Joshua chapter 1, he really wasn't a bold person or courageous person. In fact, Jesus or the word had to remind him, God had to remind him. He said, be strong and very courageous. We see it in verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. We also see it in verse 9, have I not commanded you be strong and very courageous? And, and what I love about this, after, after God told him three times in chapter 1 to be strong and very courageous, even the people said... In verse 16, they answered Joshua saying, all that you have commanded us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so, we, so will we obey you, only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Any man who rebels against your command and does not obey everything that you command him shall be put to death, only be strong and courageous." You know, as I read this and look through Joshua chapter 1, evidently Joshua needed this exhortation from the Lord and this encouragement from the congregation. Can I tell you, we live in a day when men wimp out too frequently. I'm going to say that one more time. We live, in a, we live in a society and a culture today where men wimp out way too frequently. We have sissies for men. We want to be tender. This is what society tells us to be. You need to be tender. You need to be sensitive. You need to be politically correct. Can I tell you the Bible tells us that we ought to be men who say with strength and certainty, we're not going to back away. As the man of this household, we are going to hold the line. We're not going to back away. This is the way it's going to be. This is the way it will be. And as for me and my house, we. Anson, we. Catch, we. Addison, we. Brandy. We. Come on, I'm telling you, women really are looking for men that will take charge. And if you're not looking for one, you need to read through the word of God and find, see what kind of man God needs in your life. We. Everybody say we. We need strong men once again. And I'm not talking about arrogance or brutality. All right? You've heard this before. This is discipline. This is abuse. How many of y'all know we need to take both of those away? 
I, I, I'm not going there. I, I'm not talking about brutality. I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm talking about men who will say with firmness and love, love, son, I don't care if every other kid has these posters on their wall. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and they won't be up in the Bennett home. Can I tell you, quit trying to be your kid's friend. God has not called you to be their friend. God's called you to be their dad and their mom. Amen? Amen? I should hear way more amens out there. I don't care if everybody else is listening to that music. You're not, as for me and my cars. (laughs) As for me and my house. As for me and my Alexa. My Alexa will serve the Lord. (laughs) Come on, are you out there this morning? As for me and my, hey Google, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my Netflix, we will serve the Lord. Are you out there this morning? Come on, where you at? As for me and my TV, as for me and my iPad, as for me and my internet, we will serve the Lord. Come on, can I get an amen out there from you? Come on. Much of today's parenting is rooted in sinful selfishness. And I'm not here to tell you that I am the perfect dad. I mean, I'll know this word is for me just as much as it is for you. But parents want their kids to like them, but that is not what parenting is about. I, I can tell you, it's wonderful when your kids like you, but that's not the goal. The goal is to raise your kids in the way that they will be beneficial to them in the days to come for their eternity. Amen? Let's go to Acts 16. Everybody say, as for me. Everybody say, my house. Everybody say, we. Oh, here's my last one. Band, you can come ahead and come and play. But Acts chapter 16. I love this story. If you know anything about it, Paul and Silas are in the jail. They're in the jailhouse now. And the Bible says about midnight, they begin to sing hymns and praises to God. And the prisoners were listening. And you know the story that the, the jailer, he wakes up. And, and he's like, well, I'm going to kill myself because this was the order that I'm supposed to have. We really studied this. Uh, if you came to Bible school, talked about this particular text. And, and Paul shouts out. He says, hey, don't kill yourself. And... Um, and he call, and so the jailer, he calls for torches, and people rush in, and he's trembling with fear, and he's down before Paul and Silas. And, and after he brought them out, he says, he says to them, he obviously sees that there's a God. How many of y'all know, men, we ought to live our lives, dad, we ought to live our lives, that our neighbors say, tell me how I meet this Jesus. Right? And he says, what, what must I do to be saved? And I love verse 31. He said, and they answered, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. I love it in the text. He says, we will serve the Lord. How many of y'all know we ought to expect this to be a reality? My kids, this ought to be a declaration for you inside of your heart, Dad. You, you inside of your heart, Mom. We will how many of y'all know we ought to speak those things that aren't as though they were? Like if you have an older, older son or older daughter that is living in sin, I declare right now that they'll live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I declare right now that you and your household will. Will. How many of y'all know you walk by faith and not by sight? The Bible says, for without faith it is impossible to please God. We will. 
serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Dads, husbands, grandpas, you need to say, I have faith that God will do what he's promised. What has God promised? He has promised that he who has begun a good work in the Bennett household, he who has done a good work in the Kosselman household, he who has done a good work in the Maurer household, he who has done a good work in the Newman household, he who has done a good work. It, what's the Bible say? He's faithful to perform it. Philippians 1.6. That he is able to keep that which he has committed to him. 2 Timothy 1.12. That if you train up a child in the way that you should go, he will grow old and not depart from it. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6. He says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ right here and you will be saved, you and your household. In other words, if you believe, not only will you be saved, but in due time your family will be will be saved as well. How many of y'all know that's God's heart? You know, as I study the life of Noah, I did this years ago, when he was 480 years old, he got the command to make the ark. He didn't even have kids till he was 500. How many of y'all know that's old? Lord have mercy. I know they make a blue pill today. I don't know what kind they made back then, but at 500... Holy leaping lizards, Batman. (laughs) It's a different message for another day. But 500 years old, he has his kids. But 520, he's making a room inside the ark for them. What was the ark about? It was about salvation. Before he even knew he had kids. Those of you that don't even have kids now, you ought to be making preparations right now that when I become a dad, I will have them in the ark, the house of the Lord, and salvation is coming to my household. As for me, I'm making a declaration that we will. Everybody say will. 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 Y'all know you can do the same thing. In faith, I say, I believe my family will indeed serve the Lord. I believe my kids won't be wiped out and washed away, but they'll be on the ark of salvation. I'm going to have faith today. I'm going to believe it's important because without faith, it's impossible to please him. As for me and my house, come on, stand to your feet this morning. As for me and my house, as for me and my house, on this Father's Day, we ought to make a declaration. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on, we ought to declare it for our family. We ought to expect it to be so. We ought, we ought to realize that it begins with us and then break out in celebration and remember heaven. Come on, some of y'all are like that lion. Don't be let the word go in one ear and out the other. Some of y'all are offended by something that I've said. Act like a man. I want to say that. Act like a man. Some of y'all are like that lion. You're just hanging around a bunch of sheep. (laughs) You know what we call it when there's trash in here and life challenge? Come on, let's give life challenge a hand for keeping this place clean. Thank God for them. Y'all get the peppermints back there. Y'all come up here and then you put them inside the seats. Or that's what I do. I put them in between. I know I'm not leading by example here. 
There's trash all over this place. They clean the bathrooms and all kinds of different stuff. Thank God for Life Challenge. You know what they're cleaning up? They're cleaning up sheep droppings. How many of y'all know that he is the good shepherd? I'm the sheep of his pasture. But can I tell you, you're more than sheep. The lion of the tribe of Judah lives on the inside of you. And you need to look into the perfect law of liberty and act like a man. I know this ain't popular teaching today. But how many of y'all know there is boys leading this country? Boys. Act like a man. If I was to call this anything, God's called us to act like a man. Act like a man. And you need to know this this morning. If you were to look inside of your reflection, you may have been acting like a sheep. But there's really a lion on the inside of you. And how do you tap into that? Not only in your outside life, but also in your secret life. There's a roar in you. There's a roar in you. Can I tell you the country's in the place that it is because dads quit roaring. Come on, dads. I'd said it once before. Target may be woke, but it won't be woke in arena of life. It might be woke in the schools today, but it ain't going to be woke inside the house of God. It is in other houses of God, but I'm here to declare to you. You go woke, you'll go broke. We're seeing it right now. But we serve the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And he supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And they may bend to the culture of this world, but here at Arena of Life, we're going to act like men. And we're going to do what the word of God has to say for our lives. And I'm going to say it one more time. As for me, come on, I I may have said it 100 times. I'm going to say it 101 because you need to get in your heart, men. As for me and my house. Listen, there's going to be times, can I tell you? There's times where Pastor Brandy has encouraged me. Like, I want to kill him. Let me kill him. Or just the flesh comes in. But can I tell you, really, as the man from, from the top, it drips down to the bottom. Can I tell you where the church has been for the last 50 years? The woman has been the spiritual leader of the home. It's time for the men to grow up and have some cojones. Amen? Like, be a man and serve God. Be a man and serve God. Be a man and serve God. With every head bowed and with every eye closed, if I'm talking to some men today and said, you know what, I'm veered off the path. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you said, you know what? I need to make a commitment that there are some things in my life and in my personal life that I've veered off of what God has in store for me. But today, there was a charge inside of me. I want to see men's hands raised and say, you know what, Pastor, you're talking to me. I need to make, I, I need to make some changes. Praise God. Amen. I see that hand. I see hands in the room. Honestly, I might have my hands raised because this message is for me. Keep your hand raised. Keep your hand raised. Keep your hand raised. 
God, I pray for these men right now in the room. I even pray for myself. Lord, I pray that I look into the perfect law of liberty. And I see that lion living on the inside of me. And Lord, forgive me of cowering from the culture of this world. Forgive me of cowering to what what will my neighbors think or what will my friends think. Am I just being weird or is this just... No, Lord, forgive me of conforming to this world. But Lord, I just pray for transformation right now by the power of God. Transformation's taking place. And I pray for men that are rising up inside of this room that act like men. Act like men. Lord, I desire to act like a man. To be strong and to be courageous. Lord, to be on guard and to do it in love. I choose to be that guy. And Lord, I choose to be. And with all of these that have their hands raised, we say this. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know what? Everybody else is doing it. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my, I don't, you know, everybody else watched it. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Everybody else bought it. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Everybody else drank it. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The Lord. Can I get an amen from the men this morning in Jesus' mighty name? Still with every head bowed, with every eye closed, if you're in here and you're away from God. The problem is sin. The solution is Jesus. The response is you and me. What we, what we do. The Bible says, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that he died on the cross and on the third day rose again. He'd come live on the inside of you. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The solution is Jesus. He died on the cross for you and I. If you're out there and sins in your life, you're away from God, just lift your hand and say, you know what, that's me, Pastor. I need to get my life right with Jesus. Just lift your hand if that's you. Praise God. Amen, I see that hand. Amen. If you would, pray this prayer with me. There's a young man that lifted his hand. Let's pray this together, people of God. Say, Father... I admit I'm a sinner separated from you. But this morning, I believe you were buried. And on the third day, you rose again. Come live into my heart, Jesus. From this day forward, I'll serve you today, all the days of my life. I confess you as my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio, through the website, arenaoflifechurch.org, or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.